0: Hello and welcome to the Speaking for Him podcast. My name is Andrew Gommerson and it is my privilege to be your host. I'm super excited that you are joining me today and I hope that you will find encouragement for this journey that we call The Christian Life. Whether you are a returning listener or whether you are a first-time listener, I'm super glad that you are here. Well, today on the show I will be sharing with you the balance of my Conversation with Jennifer Sung. I had such a good time with this interview, and I think you'll really enjoy this second part. Last week, we talked about her testimony and how God led her out of darkness into light uh, from an alternative lifestyle um, to a lifestyle where now she is the happy mother of two, and God is really blessing her. And on today's show, Uh, We talk about how he has continued to bless her through the efforts she has made as a homemaker and as a homeschool mom and how he has helped her to conquer many fears that she has had and to face life head on in a courageous manner. She even states that this podcast was an act of great courage for her. And so I'm super grateful that she took the time to sit down with me and share, and I hope that you will find blessing in her words today. If you haven't heard the first part of this conversation, you'll want to go back and listen to it. I think you can get value if you listen to them out of order, but I would encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode before you queue up the interview for this week. With that being said, we will get to that in just a few moments. But first, I want to talk to you about what is going on. I had a fantastic time in Smithville and Nashville, Tennessee, and then a little visit to Indianapolis on the way home this past Wednesday night into Thursday with some friends of mine. And so thank you to all those who prayed for that trip. Um, you know, now I've had the opportunity to take two fabulous trips in a very short period of time. And now I'm grateful that I will be home for the foreseeable future, but I'm already looking forward to the next time when I will have the opportunity to travel. When you get out of the habit of travel, you kind of forget how exciting it can be. And COVID with the lockdowns and everything did a number on all of us as far as that is concerned. So it just felt really good to have these trips and to have these wonderful experiences. I met people, especially in Nashville, that I hope will be part of my life for a long time to come. And I am so entirely grateful. Now, I know I talk about this issue a lot. uh, But the sanctity of human life is a very important one for all of us as a society. And I really like this clip with Kaylee McEnany. About the sanctity of life because it goes further than just preserving babies from abortion. It actually talks about a large scale view of life sanctity. Kaylee McEnany is the co-host of Outnumbered and also the author of the brand new book, Serenity in the Storm, Living Through Our Chaos by Leaning on Christ. Kaylee will also be hosting this show at 8 p.m. all next week. And she joins me now. Kaylee, thank you so much for joining. Uh, Congratulations on the book. Thank Um, you. There's no valuing of life anymore. And I, I think it directly goes back to the people that are in leadership. What do you think?
1: That's right. Um, what a beautiful interview with your mom, Tamaria, you. and happy 30th anniversary to your parents. How incredible. Um, you're exactly right. When you look at what our elected leaders have done on this issue, I can't help but go back to this opinion. It was called Carhartt, mm-hmm. and it upheld the practice of partial birth abortion. That's abortion when a baby is, is quite literally out of the womb, partially. Mm-hmm. Um, and Justice Scalia said something that just stuck with me, and it was in the dissent, and he said, one day our abortion jurisprudence will be on the footing of Koromatsu and Dred Scott. Those are the two opinions, one upheld Japanese internment camps, one upheld slavery in this country, horrible, horrendous moments in our past. Our abortion jurisprudence will be there one day. We'll look back on it as ultrasound develops. We have a president who doesn't cherish life. In fact, he lies about it. He says Mm -hmm. Catholic catechism says Mm -hmm. no longer says that we protect life. Uh, I can tell you I've gone to Catholic school my whole life. It's not true. So we need to cherish life because the outgrowth of that are the consequences we see
0: today. So we have the abortion issue, and I always say we must value life from the womb to the tomb. Mm -hmm. But once folks here, we have a society now that just allow criminals to do whatever they want now. And it's killing a lot of folks.
1: Yeah. Callous disregard for life—we see it on the streets. It's senseless violence. When you cherish life from cradle to grave, uh, mm-hmm. you don't see those kinds of things happening. And you know, I would say on this issue, because you know, people say, "Oh, Republicans have gotten in trouble on this." Um, as a party, Republicans need to talk about this optimistically. We support women. We support women like your mother mm-hmm. uh, during the time of pregnancy. Um, and we are the party that says we do draw a line, and that line is North Korea and China. Mm-hmm. The other party, where is your line? Because most. In fact, I would say pretty much everyone, with maybe one or two exceptions, wants abortion laws that are on the same footing of North Korea and China. Not
0: good company. It's so true. I got to say very quickly that I really enjoyed this piece, and I liked the perspective on the fact that the life issue stretches way farther than whether or not you are pro-abortion or not. A lot of people accuse pro-lifers of only being pro-life if they it comes to babies. And once babies are born, we don't care. But the reality of the issue is that once we have established uh, the value of life for babies that are being born and babies that are unborn, we have established a floor, if you will, to the sanctity of life, which will then filter up. The reality is that in the years... Shortly after Roe versus Wade passed, child abuse went up exponentially. There was one statistic that I read while I was working with Right to Life that said it went up 30% in the years following Roe. Now, I don't know how many years, but that's a huge jump. Because when you take the sanctity of human life out of the weakest among us and say that the weakest, most vulnerable among us are allowed to be wholesale slaughtered, you are telling the rest of society that no human life is valuable. And I really do think that that is the underlying cause for the rise in violent crime in America. If human life is not valuable at its most vulnerable, then how can it be valuable at any stage? And I will just throw in right here that the reason... Why I am a pro-death penalty pro-lifer is because if you take the life of another, you should lose your life because that underscores the value of human life. So I just wanted to share that with you. I thought it was very encouraging to hear someone talk about the way that the pro-life mindset affects all of life, the way that we've had an increase in violence And a decrease in the punishment for that violence, I really think, comes from the fact that we do not think that we were divinely created and that we have a responsibility to someone higher than ourselves. Because once you have that moral grounding, then you have a basis for living a responsible life. But if you came from nothing and you have no purpose and you will die and fade into nothingness, what is the point of being a responsible child or adult? There basically is no point. So I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. Alright, well now we have the privilege of jumping into the balance of our conversation. Now I have the privilege of sharing with you the balance of my conversation with Jennifer Song. I had such a wonderful time talking to this amazing lady, and I just marvel at God's work in the situation, because to the outside looking in, it would seem like a total random interaction. I just ran across her in the comments section of a Facebook post, but immediately there was something that compelled me to ask her to tell her story. And even after I asked, I didn't really know whether she would respond positively because it seems like a random ask and you just wonder if it will happen. But she was gracious enough to agree and we sat down and talked a couple weeks ago and it was a blessing to me. And So it was my privilege to share with you the first part last week. As I said... In this second part, we're going to get down to some of the nuts and bolts of just living a daily Christian life, so I hope that you will enjoy that. But before we jump into that, I want to share with you our quote of the day. And this quote of the day is from Jennifer's favorite verse, and it's Hebrews thirteen five. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have, For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Now this is an important verse to me as well, and I often cite it when I am discussing or thinking about the difference between Christianity and other religions. The simple nutshell way to distinguish Christianity from other religions is that other religions say, if you do this, you might be saved. Christianity says, because Jesus did this, you will be saved. And that makes all the difference in the world. So as you're listening to Jennifer uh, talk about such things as homeschooling and conquering her fears, dealing with her children's health problems, whatever the topic may be that comes up, I hope you will overall hear the joy that comes from someone who believes that God is in control and can be trusted because that is really how we can live our lives in a victorious way. The world has no such hope. So many people today believe that we started from nothing. We're living a life with no purpose and we're going to nothing as I referenced earlier, but the Christian knows there is a purpose in everything that happens in life. So, with that being said, I present to you, without further ado, the second part of my conversation with Jennifer Sung. I know you talked a little bit about your family. So at this point, your family, um, you've been married, you said for eight years and you have two children. Is that correct?
2: I do. I have a little girl that's five and a little boy that's eight. And I just praise the Lord for both of them. My son is doing tremendously well. Um, The Lord has answered prayers. I, I love it. You know, God, God will empower you to persevere um, we are required to do our part, but God does the miraculous. And so I will never take the glory for the things that are happening in my son's life. You know, he's had lots of therapies from ABA, speech therapy, occupational therapy, you name it. And, you know, when the pandemic hit, my son could not cope with the Zoom and so my husband and I were just trying to figure out, you know, what can we do? Because in my heart, you know, the devil, the enemy likes to, to convince you that you're not qualified you're not worthy. You can't teach your child. And that was in my head. I love that Jesus is so good to us. I love that the Spirit encourages me. He is our comforter. He comforts me and he qualifies those who are unqualified. So I never thought in a million years that I could teach my child. For some reason, I just believe that it had to come from other people. And God has enabled me to do something that I absolutely thought I never could or would do. And that was would be homeschooling and through this opportunity and through the abeka curriculum which is a christian uh, bible um, curriculum i have been able to teach my son he's thriving he's doing well he's conversing he his math, his science, it's just amazing how far my son has come. And my daughter as well. Um, my daughter was four years old at the beginning of this year. So she did not technically have to enroll in any school because you have to be five um, at September 1st. And, but because of my son being homeschooled, she has chosen to enjoy sitting in with us. And so I enrolled her in an accredited program that she will be receiving her kindergarten diploma this year. And again, so I am homeschooled both children and um, it's it's a joy it's a joy and it, and it goes back to when I was telling you about the loss of femininity when the Lord changed me and he showed me the truth not only in what I said but who I was you know I am a I am a woman and, and I am a mother and I love that God gave me the greatest calling of all is to be a mother I love that about the Lord and I thank him all the time God is so good I get to stay at home my husband is a good person provider. And I'm able to stay at home with my children and engage them every day. And my son is able to have that one-on-one instruction with mommy and, 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 and it's, and he's thriving and he's doing well. And I just praise the Lord so much for that.
0: That's awesome. Um, I'm actually the oldest of 12 children. My parents homeschooled all of us. Wow. So I, when I heard that you were homeschooler among other things I was like we have a lot uh, to talk about when you come on and so I really appreciate you uh, talking about this freely with uh, my listeners because when I started speaking for him in 2009 which was actually three years before the podcast one of the main reasons I did was because I felt like even fundamental Christians were blurring the blueprint that God has for men and women in the scriptures. Uh, because in the decade that I graduated from college in the arts, the big push for feminism was women can do everything that a man can do. And we need to not have man, male roles and woman roles and this whole uh, gender identity crisis that our culture's in is just the next layer of that right to the point where women supposedly fought for all these rights that they have and now men can join them at any time according to our culture and we're not allowed to call that out but all right. of it whether it's whether it's heterosexuals um not embracing God's role as outlined in the scriptures or whether it's people embracing alternative lifestyles all of it is going against God's blueprint And against his desire that we would do all things decently and in order.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I love, I love that I'm a woman and I love that I can be feminine and um, I love that I can be who I am. And then my husband loves me as I am and um, that God did give us these roles. And, and I am, and I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, I'm his helper and that's a gift. that's that's not below him. That is a gift that I can that God has given me certain wisdom and certain discernment that that me and John together we're a team. He is he is fully man and I'm fully woman and um God made that on purpose so that we can complement one another. And the things that he's strong in, um he helps me when I'm weak and the things that I'm strong in I can help him in. So it's just, you know, the whole design that God made um, for men and women to be together is just really beautiful. And I know that one day there's going to be so much more for me to share on that because I know the Lord is not done with me there. I can honestly tell you that in my marriage, this is the best that we've ever had, that I love him more than I ever have and that we are growing together to serve the Lord faithfully. And in fact, my husband fully supports me. Um, he has told me that for the sacrifices that I have made in our family, um, because it's, we've been through so much. We've been through so much over the years with all the moves and with the children's traumas and problems. And, you know, he, he, he encouraged me and he inspired me to begin my passion, which was singing for the Lord. Um But I didn't have the courage for that. You know, I've lived fear and fear all my life. And that's another thing, right? We go to God for anything that that we need you know we humble ourselves before god and just say lord god i need your help i i i struggle with fear i struggle with being courageous and god will answer your prayer and you know as of january this year was the first time i stepped up on that stage um i auditioned to sing i felt in my spirit that god said to go ahead and audition and i did it i was afraid i was but, um, I did it and, uh, I just thank the Lord and I'm looking forward to all these opportunities. My husband says, you know, I thought it was going to be me. This is what he had said because he's an extrovert. I'm an introvert and, um, he wanted to, to serve. And he says, I just feel the Lord calling us. It's you. It's, it's supposed to be you, and I'm just blown away. And he says, I will stay at home with the children so that you can go and you can use this time, this free time to do what's best, and that's serving the Lord, being among God's people and singing praises to his name. So I'm just so thankful for that.
0: Oh, that that is an amazing testimony in and of itself, and I, and I really resonate with it because as I was – coming to terms with my physical disability because I've been in a wheelchair my entire life. Um, one of the things that struck me was the story of Moses because Moses was somebody who was a baby, was hid in the Nile River, and then the Pharaoh's daughter took him out of the river and adopted him. So essentially the first approximately 40 years of his life, aside from a couple of years of weaning which through god's providence was by his own mother right. um he was the prince of egypt he was he lived in egypt and then he had an inkling it shows us in acts uh as a young man to deliver his people from the hand of the egyptians they weren't ready to listen to him he wasn't ready to lead and so it didn't work out at that time and so what does god do god brings him to the back of the desert and has him raising sheep. And then when he's 80 years old, God calls to him out of a burning bush and says, he says to 80 year old Moses, go and lead my people out of Egypt, the Israelites. And Moses says, uh, well, if you look back at the story, first of all, he says the right thing because God says, take off your shoes for the land where I understand this holy ground, and he does that, but then when he makes his big request to Moses, Moses says, "I can't do that, Lord." Um, and so I heard a pastor, I think it was the recently departed David Jeremiah, um, and it may have been multiple pastors who said Moses essentially spent forty years uh, thinking that he was somebody, uh, forty years discovering that he was a nobody and 40 years realizing that God could take a nobody and turn him into a somebody. Amen. So I was really encouraged uh, by that story because I was in a similar spot where uh, I came to know the Lord as a young boy, five years old. And I argued with God for nine years after my salvation that if he would give me a, a, a whole body, then I would serve him. And it took until I was fourteen years old for me to fully surrender to him a process that involved the death of one of my brothers who was a baby mm. at the time. but then God allowed me to uh to minister to minister for him in many different ways and speaking for him and this podcast is just an outgrowth of that. Wow,
2: I'm sorry
0: for your loss though yep yeah, the the losses and the uh triumphs are all a part of life, but it it definitely was difficult i I consider the day of his death still the worst day of my life, but as you have already testified today, God brings beauty from ashes, so
2: yeah. Now he absolutely he absolutely does, and um, you know, bringing up losing somebody, I think that's probably, um, I don't know, most people's worst fears to lose the people that they love. And I've been noticing people lately coming into my life. Um, again, I'm an introvert, right? And I said to my husband, I'm like, do you see what's happening? We we were at the park, you know, um, last week, and two women in 24 hours on two different days um, came up to me. They didn't know me from Adam and both of them had heartache. And the last lady, she had just lost her 16 year old son. And, you know, I'm just trying to encourage her, pray for her and tell her that God is there for her. It's hard because sometimes I think I don't know what to say. And I pray that God will give me the right things to say to people, to encourage them. Um, but that's what I'm here for. Um, and like you said, you know, you, you struggled with, with God and that you thought that you were a nobody. I definitely feel that I'm a nobody, but, um, God definitely gives beauty for ashes. And if you and I can do, do these things, then what a calling, what a tremendous calling from God that he gives us an opportunity to love on people and to encourage their hearts. Um, what an amazing, what an amazing gift.
0: It is very true. So as we are uh, talking today, I just was wondering if there was any particular way that we, my listeners and I can be praying for you.
2: Oh, thank you. Um, I guess probably just to pray for my son. He's like I said, he's doing very well. One of the issues that autistic children have are GI issues. Um, To pray for my son that uh, that's probably the biggest thing that he goes through is, um, you know, that pain and that suffering with the GI. And we've done a lot of crying and praying over that. Um, But we believe and we know that that God is good and he's faithful and he hears our prayers. And so we're going to believe for full healing for my son and a pray that God just continues to lead us that we can, um, be a help to, to anybody that comes in contact in our lives. And um, we just want to love on people. Um And I, I've been seeing that, you know, from somebody who was like a cave dweller, somebody who really just stayed away from people to now we are becoming more and more involved in church, meeting more people and talking to people and just texting them to send a note of encouragement. Like this is completely, Um, opposite from my flesh. This is, this is like my Peter walking on the water moment, if you will. It's, I am so far. With the Lord that there is nothing I can do in my flesh. This is all Him 100%. And I remember Joyce Meyer said what somebody, what there's no telling what God could do for somebody who gave Him all the glory. And I just, I gave Him all the glory. So just, I would ask that you just pray that to continue to use us in any manner possible that, you know, we can help the young adults. We can um, encourage anybody along the way and um i think you had mentioned once about um my favorite scripture verse it would be like hebrews 13:5 i will never leave thee nor forsake thee and um if i may i'll just tell you really quickly why that's my f- verse. Um, When I was in Georgia, it was, I think, on our third move. Um, my husband had been promoted again. I, again, he's, he's done wonderfully well, but it wasn't easy to move with two children. And sometimes when I've been discouraged, instead of clinging to the Word of God and, you know, getting involved and making sure I, you know, read my devotion, sometimes I've just, you know, wallowed in my own self-pity, if you will. And I remember standing at the sink, and I remember saying to him, why have I left you? And he said, But I've never left you. And I felt that in my spirit. So that scripture went right up on my wall. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Our God, our Father is so good to us.
0: And to think that that was one of the keys of his sacrifice, because you look at the cross and you see what does Jesus cry out? He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it's sobering to realize that God in a way that we can't comprehend, turned his back on his son for a moment in time and eternity so that he could say to us, I will never do that to you. I will always be faithful. I will always stay with you. And it is such an encouragement uh, to me. And I am, I'm hearing also to you or from you that it's such an encouragement to know that whatever we are going through, God is with us. And yes, a while back I preached a series on the story of Joseph. And that was one of my favorite things about him was that every chapter, um, there were multiple times when that phrase popped up in his story and God was with him. And, uh, I've I've often thought that that would be a great epitaph to have when my time comes to go to heaven and <laughs> people go to my grave um, after I die if they can see that phrase and more importantly see that it was lived out in my life how awesome that would be and God was with him so awesome. I'll definitely be praying for you for your son. I know you've gone through some health challenges recently,
1: so I'll be praying
0: about that as well. I know that you're excited to get back to singing as you had told me recently. So you will definitely be praying about uh, much for each other. Yes. Um, Before we end today, I just wanted to ask you if there was any particular lesson that you feel like God is teaching you this year. Oh, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. He is teaching me not to put him in a box. When you ask for prayer, he is listening. God is listening to us and he hears that. He hears that heart that, that genuinely loves him and genuinely seeks him. Um, you, you know, my daughter can recite John 14, 14. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so what I'm, what I've learned this year is don't put God in a box. I asked the Lord. I genuinely went to the Lord. Um, in my prayer journal, Lord Father, will you will you help me with courage? I've I've always had a problem with that. I mean, from, from childhood, I mean, even the career that I chose, it was a it's a noble career, but it wasn't it wasn't courageous for me. I, I love to sing, I love to write, and I never pursued those things because I was a coward. And so I asked the Lord this year, Lord God, will you help me with courage? And it's funny because I was speaking specifically to helping me to sing and to just be free to worship him in spirit and truth. Get up there and. You know, be uninhibited, just to love God, just to serve Him, to thank Him for all He's done for me, to give me the courage to not worry about anybody around me, just loving Him. And not only did He do that, but He's giving me courage. I'm seeing different things than other. I mean, even just talking to you is courageous, okay? Because I—that's uh, not my fleshly uh, way about me. So again, this is this is not putting God in a box. And uh, about a month ago, I did something that my sister probably her mouth dropped to the floor. Um, I said I'm going ziplining she's like my sister my (laughs) my sister and it might seem very you know insignificant to some people but if people really understood who Jennifer the flesh is they understand that I've been afraid of of everything all of my life so what have I learned this year don't put God in a box you know I believe in him I've all I I I know I've seen him like this is my testimony of Christ, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And the Holy Spirit dwells in in those who love him and trust him and want to live their life for him. And he works in miraculous ways and he changes you in ways that you never thought possible. And somebody like me, some nobody, who am I? I am no one. Somebody like me, he can use. Yeah. Don't put God in a box because you know what? When I ask for courageous, he's doing some supernatural, awesome things. And I don't think it's just going to be in the matter of courage. I think it's going to be in every area of my life that he's not done yet. You know, there's a song that says, um, if I'm not dead, God, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. I believe. And, and that's where I, that's my testimony. I believe.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I'm excited to share. This conversation with my listeners i think they will be very encouraged i hope that those of you who are listening can see that god can take anybody's life and change it he certainly did a 180 in jennifer's life um and moved her from an angry bitter person who, who hated men i wish you could see the video um as we're recording Uh, Because I can just see the joy of the Lord on Jennifer's face. And so I can testify just from our brief time together that God has definitely done a work in her life. And he can do the same in yours as well. I'm wondering, Jennifer, if you have any final thoughts for our listeners before we end today.
2: Yeah, just if whatever is going on in your life, if, you know, whatever hurts that you're experiencing, the the heartaches, loss, um, any challenges that you're going through, nothing's too hard for God. Um, you know, he loves you. He loves you so much. He, you know, he gave a son for you and, you know, he'll be there for you too. And if you just genuinely bow your head, bow your heart before him, um, he, he hears you. He, he knows, he knows you, he loves you. And there's nothing that he won't do do for you to change your life and to help you grow. Um, I, I pray that you will be encouraged, whoever's listening, um, that Jesus Christ is the answer. And um, what, 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 what joy we have, what promise we have for not just the future, but for today.
0: Amen to that. And I would simply add, I think one of the the big things that I want to bring out of today is that God made you the way he made you for a reason. This is something that we all struggle with. I think to a person, if we're honest, everyone has an identity crisis of one form or another throughout their lives. But God made you who he made you for a purpose. Uh, The Psalms say that he formed my inward parts while i was wrought in my mother's womb that's why the sanctity of life is so important to me here at speaking for him that's why getting the blueprint of god's word correct is so important to me because it's only as we embrace who god made us to be that we can reach our full potential for the kingdom of god and philippians 1 6 says Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And my prayer, and I know Jennifer echoes this, is that we would each find the thing that we are to do and that we would work hard to see it come to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Jennifer. I really enjoyed speaking with you.
2: Thank you so much, Andrew. It was really nice talking with you.
0: So, that was my conversation with Jennifer Song. Again, if you haven't heard part one, go back and listen to that as she lays the foundation for many of the things that she addresses today. And I hope that you will be encouraged by both of these episodes. And if you are, you can listen to them at any time at my website, Speaking for Him. Dot .com that's speaking the number for him dot .com and you can direct your family and friends there as well if you have any feedback to leave you may do that with the contact information that's about to roll at the end of the show and i just want to say a huge thank you to jennifer for opening up her life to us and for sharing her testimony it was a big encouragement to me and my hope is that it will be a big encouragement to you the listener as well until next week, this is Andrew Gomison saying, keep serving the best of masters.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at Facebook.com slash SpeakingForHim and on Twitter at SpeakingForHim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.